Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. All right, Inspiring People and Places, we are back with another episode. These might be my favorite episodes because we get to interview and talk about the career paths of senior executives in the engineering industry. Today's guest is Stephen F. Doherty. He is the executive director of the South Jersey Transportation Authority. Stephen joined the authority in 2010. Prior to his appointment as executive director, he served as chief of staff for six years, where he oversaw the coordination between the governor's office and the authority, internal compliance, strategic planning, and supervising the SJTA's external legal counsel, among other duties. So he has been in the agency for a while, and I can't wait to talk about all of the different projects and and responsibilities that SJTA oversees. Steve, and welcome to the show. BJ, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Great to great to talk. And and before the show, I'll timestamp us a little bit. We're heading into Memorial Day weekend here. Stephen was telling me about the hundred days of summer. So. Before we go back in time to your career path, tell us a, a quick snapshot of everything that, that SJTA and, and is under your responsibility. Sure. So the SJTA, South Jersey Transportation Authority, was created in 1991 by Governor Florio, who for a long time was a South Jersey resident and understood some of the transportation needs down here in the southern portion of the state. And by, by doing so, he merged the Atlantic City Expressway Atlantic City International Airport together, once again, to form the SJTA. Over the last few years, going back to the early 2000s, we took on some more responsibilities, including transportation services, which is shuttle service or a a smaller version of NJ Transit, where we provide shuttle service for private industry and, and contracts with some business folks, as well as for the general public and as well as transportation needs for higher education institutions here in South Jersey. So we're continuing to grow and excited what the future has in store for us. Right now. And, and just so our listeners outside of the Philadelphia area understand, the AC Expressway is the superhighway on your way to the Jersey Shore, not Jersey Shore MTV <laughs> fist pumping, but the beautiful South Jersey Shores from, I guess, Brigantine down to Cape May. So, Steve, talk about why 100 Days of Summer is so important to to your organization. Sure. So this is our busy time of year where we'll get the most traffic. Of course, as you just mentioned, BJ, to get to those short points that people are celebrating to kick off their summer. So the unofficial summer for us is Friday before Memorial Day weekend and closes Monday Labor Day, which is roughly 100 days where folks are taking a lot of day trips, week vacation, long weekends, weekends to once again hit their favorite shore spot, whether that's on the beaches or at the casinos or really much, pretty much anywhere in between. And once again, it's an exciting time of year and we're already starting to see some heavy traffic today. Awesome. I, I hope to join that traffic here in a little bit. So t- take us back in time. How did, you, how did your career start? Where are you from? Where did you go to school? And, and talk, talk to us a little bit about the trajectory of your career path. Sure. So I was born in Philadelphia and spent the first 14 14 years of my life in the city. My family moved us to, my sister and I, over to South Jersey, and pretty much been a lifelong resident ever since. So 
I attended high school in, here in South Jersey. I went out to a small liberal arts school in Springfield, Missouri, Evangel University, where I graduated with a double major in social science and criminal justice. And that was in the May, May of 2001. In May of 2000, excuse me, March of 2000, I participated in a program that was for Washington Studies, where I, I spent two weeks on Capitol Hill with a, a legislator from New Jersey that I would get to know pretty well and end up working for in Rob Andrews. And I did my internship, graduated, and I had a number of applications in with the Secret Service, FBI, U.S. Customs, pretty much all of the federal government law enforcement agencies. And September 11th happened. And so in the midst of, of me going through the hiring process, I got a call that was, hey, we're going to put a freeze on your application. We're going to be creating this new thing called the Department of Homeland Security. There's going to be a lot of opportunities, a lot of openings, but you're going to have to sit tight for a little bit. At that time, I was just coming out of school. I was working <laughs> I was working a, about 30, 40 hours a week at the Walgreens photography, the Photoshop, and keeping busy and, and waiting my turn. And I, one day, it just got to be a little bit too long and, and, and hearing back about what, what the opportunities were. And I remember the congressman in his office saying, hey, if you ever need anything, please let us know. So I called in right around March of, of 2002 and just said, hey, you know, you probably don't remember me, but, but here's my situation. Well, sure enough, the chief of staff gets the message wrong, thinks I'm looking for a job in the congressman's office. And my family and I lived about a block away. I said, I'm, and they said, you know, we understand your innocence. Absolutely. I threw on a suit, printed off my resume and was there within 15 minutes. And they said, oh, you must really be interested. I said, absolutely. <laughs> and so I ended up going through the interview process and sat with the congressman and spent some time in an interview and, and subsequently offered me the job. I started there in May of 2002 and was there until late 2009. So about seven and a half years, both here in New Jersey and up on Capitol Hill. So it was a little bit of a, a different path to start for sure. And definitely not what I thought or, or what would have necessarily planned, but worked out for some great opportunities. And, and I was really fortunate. What were some of the responsibilities just to give people a snapshot as when you were, when you were staff for Congressman Andrews, what were you doing for him? Yeah, so I started off as a project coordinator. That was putting together events for the congressman in the district for what we call public platform days. So if there was a specific policy issue he was looking to promote and talk about based on his work in D.C. and otherwise, I'd help to set up public events to get that message out. I also worked on what we call key casework. So constituent contact being a big part of the congressman's philosophy and and work in, in, in solving problems for, for residents and constituents in his district, I was responsible for what we called key cases, primarily for business owners who lived in the district or, or had companies in the district and helping them through the, maybe the red tape of, of you know, different federal agencies to local agencies, the state agencies, so they, they could uh, promote their business and, and hopefully grow and, and, of course, grow the economy here in South Jersey. So from there, you joined SJTA? I did. So the congressman actually ran for for federal or for statewide federal office in 2008 in the Senate campaign. Unfortunately, we lost, and I thought it was best to move on from there and and had an opportunity uh, to learn pretty much from from scratch about the South Jersey Transportation Authority. I hadn't had much contact with them at all, or, or knew 
a tremendous amount about them, but I understood there was an opening and, and I went ahead and did some, did some research and found out some of the things they're working on and their mission and ultimately how it serves my community and the communities around me. And it was an exciting opportunity to, to go ahead and put in an application or a resume rather. And I got the call to be considered for chief of staff under what was my mentor and, and our previous executive director, Bart Mueller, and came down in January 10 and been here ever since. Because we're an engineering construction podcast, you know, we could you give us just a glimpse of the types of projects? You know, a lot of people don't appreciate all that goes into not only the engineering, but the financing and the sponsoring of, of some of these public infrastructure projects. They just get to complain about when there's too much traffic or congestion. <laughs> they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So give us a little bit of a snapshot of what, what kind of projects you have going on in engineering and construction. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you hit the nail on the head there, BJ, just, just the, the idea of, of traffic congestion and traffic mitigation of projects we're working on. So back in 2020, the, the board of commissioners here at the SJTA in consultation with the DOT commissioner who's the chair of our board and Governor Murphy's office and the governor himself, uh, we went out for public hearings for, for requested toll increase. We got a, a lot of good feedback from, from folks on what they would like to see us do as far as projects and, and better the road and the airport and otherwise. And uh, eventually the toll rates were approved to be raised. And we, we were able to, coming out of that, build what was a, a significant capital program through two different bond deals. And the first bond deal was about $325 million. And the second one, about $225 million, excuse me, about $200 million. And in doing so, we were able to, fit, once again, figure out projects and move forward on projects that we had long since planned. And once again, for, for the idea of crap, for the bigger, bigger end projects, traffic congestion resolutions and the idea of right now, we, we recently awarded a contract to South State Incorporated to construct the physical gantries for our all electronic, all electronic tolling project. We'll be eliminating all the toll booths and coin machines you see on the ramps and on the, the main line here to go toward an all electronic tolling system, as well as widening the road for 13 miles in each direction down the western end from Winslow Township up, uh, Township up to Route 42. And uh, ultimately, these projects will provide a greater customer's for us, a customer experience and getting people where they need to be safe in a, in a safer fashion, uh, more efficiently, and uh, once again, for a better experience. We're in a unique spot in that we have competition. So you know, folks can take either one of the, the pikes that run parallel to the expressway, and there isn't a toll for them, but there is for us, of course. And so for us, we have to, we have to provide a better customer service experience so that people will of course, use the road and come back as much as as much as possible for us. So the the idea of keeping the road safe and clean and you know as efficient as possible, get people to where they need to get to, it all plays into once again that capital program and how we ultimately do business here. And then the, the AC International Airport is also under your purview, right? It is. We own and operate Atlantic Sea International Airport. Yes, and. I know it, it hits the news every now and then. It's one of my favorite airports to fly out of because it's, you know, it's 45 minute drive. It's not that much harder and it's, it's so much smoother than Philadelphia. How, you know, what, what's going on there? What's new? 
from either a project standpoint, I, th- I think there's an American Airlines something going on. Yeah. So back on June 1st of 2022, uh, we announced a new service with American Airlines and Landline Bus Services, which will allow passengers to have a, a, a unique experience and, and one we found success in, and it's this. Normally, of course, you'll you'll if you're flying out to a, a destination, you'll show up at the airport, park your car, walk in the, to the ticketing counter, check in, go through TSA and baggage screening, end up at your gate and board a loading bridge to get onto a plane. Where this is a little unique in that you'll do pretty much everything I just said until you get to that loading bridge, but instead take a staircase down to the the tarmac and hop and hop on a a chartered bus that will ultimately take you down to down the expressway over to Philadelphia International. It'll come out on their side of the secure side of the airfield. You'll deboard the bus, head up the, the stairwell, and you'll be on the, the secure, once again, the secure area of the airport for about 90 different destinations that American flies out of. So it gives the, the, the customer here the experience of not having to drive into Philadelphia if you're from South Jersey, uh, not having to worry about parking when you get there, not worry as much about the TSA lines and, and the length of those, that it's a convenience to being able to, for most people, get that door-to-door service to their home in a little bit of a different way. And mm-hmm. we found great success in that, both from folks who were traveling out of South Jersey to, to various destinations. But even more so over the last year, folks who are coming into the region uh, to explore Atlantic City and all South Jersey and the region has to offer. Pretty cool. Jumping, jumping a little bit. So you're dealing with American Airlines commercial, you know, commercial private sector client. You're dealing with the politics at the at the state level, probably competing a little bit for federal funding in certain areas. You're dealing with construction engineering, leading a completely diverse group of people. What are some leadership lessons you've learned through your career working through you know, the, such a diverse stakeholder group? Sure. One, it's just relationships with people. Most important, it's relationships with people. And that's people that you work with on a daily basis as part of the team here to outside entities that have an opportunity to grow what is likely their business as well as ours. And yeah, to navigate, frankly, the, the, the state government. And whereas the, the authority is a, a, an independent authority from the state, there are areas in which we follow the lead of, of the folks in Trenton, specific to policy, of course, and as well as just a, from an operational standpoint. And that, that's, that's worked really well. And that's, once again, really a byproduct of continuing to communicate and, and you know, speak specifically from the SJTA side. I have a tremendous team that I love to empower. We got some really smart people here, people who want to do the right thing for the organization and and more so for the region and, and, and public service, because that's exactly what it is. And we treat each of our folks that that interacts with us as customers. And they have the opportunity once again to to maybe use a different road or a different airport. So to treat our customers as a private business would so that they'll come back hopefully many more times and, and tell friends and colleagues and family about their experience as well. I, I love that that's a, you know, a business customer service mindset inside of a public agency. I think a lot of public sector agencies could take a lesson in that because it's, it's easy 
you know, I'm, I'm going to put bureaucracy in, in quotes, but when, when you're, you know, feeding the beast of a bureaucracy, especially at the federal level, you become more internally focused and you completely forget about, you know, what's, what's the taxpayer paying us, you know, from a result standpoint. Uh, and I get, you know, you're not necessarily a taxpayer, it's a toll payer, but the mindset that, hey, these guys have options and they could use the pikes and we've got to be continuously investing and making it easier to get down there. I, I love that you bring that business mindset to it. Yeah. Um, and, and once again, that's just a reflection. And that's a reflection on our team, too, who, who, who follows that same lead. You know, I tell our folks all the time for new hire orientation, you're going to interact with folks on the road or at the airport that I may never get to interact with. I may interact with folks that you don't get to interact with. But we're all under the same house of SJTA, and we want to represent ourselves and each other to the best of our ability, once again, to, to treat people uh, the right way and with a great experience, and once again, hopefully coming back for more. Great. So, Steve, we, we had Mike Venuto, who's the chief engineer at Delaware River Port Authority, on recently talking GCL. To give people a little bit of a, an understanding behind the scenes, you mentioned the $325 and $200 million bond issues. Can you give us, I, my understanding is SJTA is the, the project sponsor, the financier of the Glassboro Camden Light Rail project as, as we know it right now, which is, I guess, preliminary engineering. Can you give us a little snapshot and what's under, what your role is there and how that came about? Sure. It's an exciting project. So back when we had the toll hearings, one of the projects that we wanted to move forward was, was helping out with the Glassboro Camden Rail Line and specifically our sister agency, down here, the Delaware River Port Authority, DRPA. And we've always had a good working relationship with them and, and kind of shared ideas and thoughts, but we've never really had the opportunity to partner on something together. And so it, it's become really exciting. So going back to really our enabling legislation, we had the opportunity and the, the ability to do rail policy work and, and rail development here in the region, but we frankly didn't have much. And when this opportunity popped up, uh, we were excited to join, once again join with the RPA. We've committed $200 million that will go toward the engineering design services, eventually property acquisition and utility relocation to keep that project moving to, once again, move people back and forth throughout Gloucester County up into Camden and, and ultimately into Philadelphia and back down. Yeah, connecting, connecting the eds and the meds, as they say. Yeah, definitely. And look, for us, it, 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 it you know, Nobody wants to sit in traffic or congestion, and this is an opportunity for good environmental purposes to, once again, a greater efficiency for traffic and getting people where they need to in a more convenient way. We're, we're excited about what that means for the, the transportation network as a whole. Yeah. Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE-verified, service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. All right, switching gears, some rapid fire questions. We'll start with any must read books in your library. Yeah, so for me, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of John Maxwell. He's, he's a leadership author, it's been around for a long time. Anything he's put together, I always get my hands on. He, he's he's phenomenal. I enjoy you know that, that's probably that's where I'm at probably most right now. I do try to do some some reading on my own for for recreation and otherwise. But uh, you know 
from right now, I'm just on this John Maxwell kick of trying to absorb as much as I can in, in the leadership world. I'm actually listening to his right now. It's, I think it's 17, 17 something of communication. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. 17 not points. I, I know what you're talking about. I, I know what you mean, BJ. It's, he's, he's been around for he a long time. He is unbelievable. Yeah. And you know, he's got a great story and, and to see, frankly, his development as a leader and to provide principles and guidance and advice to, to others is phenomenal. He's a, he's a great articulator and I've, I've been able to take so much from, it, from him for sure. Me too. How about favorite quotes? Favorite quotes. Wow. I, I think one of the ones, this, this might be a little bit different or a little bit unique. I had a grandmother who would always say, you can't put an old head on young shoulders, an old Irish adage that, uh, you, you know, you, you don't know something until you experience it. And I've always prided myself on trying to learn from somebody else as much as I can. You know, there's a lot of wisdom out there, a lot of experience. And frankly, for somebody who wasn't in transportation for, for the early part of his career, the opportunity to spend time with people and be mentored and learn, and whether it's from, from good experiences, bad experiences, they're all learning experiences. And to be able to, to, to glean insight from that it was always tremendously helpful. But at the same time, there's things you have to learn on your own, unfortunately, and that can be good and bad also, just because sometimes you got to learn the hard way and, and it just, but at the same time, it gives you your own experience and hopefully something you can pass on to someone else at some point. One of the, one of the, I'll call it adages at West Point is you, you learn more about leadership from bad experiences or bad leaders than you will from good ones, because you just don't appreciate what's going on when a good one's doing everything right. Uh, but when you see what's going wrong in a bad one, you, you take a lot more lessons with you. Yeah. And frankly, that's my personal, I'm probably I'm my harshest critic. And so I, I tend to remember <laughs> the things I failed on at, at various points and, and, and come back. But, but most important than that is, is one, learning from it, but two, realizing, yeah, we do make mistakes and it's okay. And, and, and you'll figure it out and move forward. And that's the most important part of it for sure. Yeah. All right. If you could have dinner with three people. <laughs> Dead or alive, who would they be? Ooh, wow. Three people. I think one of them would be Abraham Lincoln, number one, being a history guy and a government guy. Just everything that, of course, you know, everybody knows what he went through and otherwise, but just have an opportunity to spend physical time with him in presence and how he carried himself and how he spoke. I, I, I just would think that would be really, you know, I'll throw out one that's a little bit different. That's my grandfather. So my grandfather passed a few years back now. And he and I had lunch together every week, once a week. And we would just talk about, you know, all different things. And he, he was just, just an incredible person. And, and I'm so lucky to have him in my life. I miss him. Think about him all the time. I'm pretty fortunate. I still have my mom and dad. Actually, my grandmother just passed, but the times I spent with him were so memorable and to have an opportunity to catch up with him would, would be really cool. Third, a third. I, John Maxwell, like I said, I, th I think that's one just kind of bouncing, bouncing through that again. You know, he spent so much, so much time with so many people of influence in so many areas and, and just an opportunity to, you know, hear from him face to face or, or for a whole day. Uh, that would be an awesome experience, I'm sure. I've got a quote on my desk. It's, it's John Maxwell. I wish you had my peace because I, I and, and I love it because as leaders, we're dealing with problems all the time, but like, it's just a problem that we've got to solve and we're going to solve it together. Like you can't get riled up about it. Mm -hmm. You just got to maintain 
know, we've got all the, all we need to solve the problems. So I'm, I'm a huge Maxwell guy. Yeah. I can appreciate that quote for sure. Sometimes when you're in the, the eye of the storm, you, you, you see everything going on around you, but that's sometimes the most peaceful part of that hurricane or that storm and staying focused on, you know, once again, that, that peace and it's just, you know, it will pass. And yeah. it's just a matter of adapting and figuring out and, and uh, moving forward, always moving forward. Yeah. All right. Legacy. What do you mm -hmm. want on your tombstone? How do you want to be remembered? Oh, tombstone. So I'll leave that to my kids. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they'll come up with some interesting things for sure. But, but to be remembered is yeah, someone who, who cared about his community and, and, and did serve the public. You know, I've, I've been fortunate now. I've only had two, two jobs in my career. And once again, at the congressman's office and, and here at the SJTA and, and serving the public from, from a federal side, a state side. I spent some time as a, as a councilman in, in my town years ago, but being able to give back to the community and, you know, sharing ideas or thoughts or feelings, some problem solving. I, I enjoy that, all, all that every day from, from on a personal level, from coaching kids in sports, my own and their friends and otherwise to you know, coming in here to work every day and, and problem solving and mo moving us forward. Yeah. All right. The floor is yours. Any closing thoughts or inspiration or advice for our audience? Yeah. Thanks again, BJ, for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, as far as advice goes, just continued communication. One of the things I, I've tried to do in my time as executive director and otherwise is just learn as much as I can from as many people as possible and, and try to glean something out of every conversation you have. And you never know. It might be something that, that hits you, hits you immediately. Maybe something you're thinking about or dealing with, but maybe something that you'll pick on, you'll pick up from another day and remember as, as part of what somebody shared. We've all had different stories and different paths and, and just different experience, once again, different experiences and to be able to learn from each of those and communicate for the, for the betterment and, and sharing of everybody else is, is definitely a positive thing. Awesome. Stephen Doherty, thanks for everything you're doing for uh, South Jersey. Keep us safe and, and smooth right into the, uh, to the beach. And thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks, BJ. Appreciate the time. Be safe. Have a great summer. You too. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open. Contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.